0: Rippey rights with Brian Scott Rippey. Transcript can be obtained by drinking a fifth of bourbon, ramming your head through some drywall, and then writing down every thought you have.
1: What is up on a Monday? I am Brian Scott Rippy. Thank you for tuning in another edition of the Rippy Rights podcast. It is our Sunday SEC baseball conversation with Colin Brister as the Rebels were swept by LSU to fall to 3-15. and Talked a little bit about the weekend, but a lot of big picture stuff. What this means this weekend. Uh, disastrous 2023 regular season means for the program what kind of needs to happen next so not a ton uh, of reliving what you guys already watched but more so some bigger picture conversation as we kind of put a bow on uh, the end of uh, what is now a pretty meaningless regular season so Um, A lot of interesting storylines despite it, I think. So buckle up. I think you'll enjoy the conversation. Before we get to that, though, I want to remind you, the podcast is brought to you by Skybox Sports Picks. Who is Skybox Sports Picks? Well, glad you asked. The world's best gambling handicapping website, the inventors of the Skybox major interval and advanced modeling mechanism that has helped propel Skybox to the top of the sports handicapping industry. Football season's around the corner. Go ahead and join Skybox. They're going to make you money. If you're into wagering, it's the only way to profit in the long run. They go off data, And numbers, not just what's in your own head 10 minutes before kickoff. Skybox NASCAR is crushing it right now. Football will be around the corner before you know it. need to check them out. If you go on their site, type in skyboxsportspicks.com use the promo code Rippy r-i-p-p-e R-I-P-P-E-E, for 20 percent off any picks package you buy you can try it for a day a week a month whatever the case may be it's the best sports handicapping service in the world i will guarantee you if you use it this upcoming football season you will profit go ahead and build up your bankroll by following the guys at skybox nascar they're making money on a weekly basis check them out skybox sports picks Dot com podcast is also brought to you by LB's University Avenue there in Oxford. If you're a Rippy Wright subscriber that's rippy rights at substack.com get a free newsletter from me and discounted meats right now it's three six ounce bacon wrap filets for twenty bucks it's about a forty dollar valuation for twenty bucks there all you got to do is go in show Greg you subscribe he'll get you set up then go find all your own favorites is the best butcher shop in the world oxford is so lucky to have a place like LB's the weather's awesome it's prime grilling season. Go in and find something awesome to throw on the grill. Greg wants to make your grilling experience great. Check them out, LB's University Avenue there in Oxford. All right, here's Colin Brister and just a quick, uh, a quick aside. We recorded this on Sunday afternoon. We talked a little bit about the Morgan Wallen show. We did not know, of course, at the time that that show did not happen. Um, I don't really have any Morgan Wallen takes other than sounds like an Advil and a water and a uh, early cab ride home. Mike could have. Uh, uh, Changed things. I don't know, but point being is we didn't just have like our heads up our asses. We were, uh, we we're just it had not happened yet, so that's why. But uh, it doesn't really change much the conversation anyway. Here's Colin Brister. All right, we now welcome on Rippy Wright's baseball correspondent, Colin Brister, broadcasting live from the Morgan Wallen show. Um, hopefully, no <laughs> background noise. No, not really. But it seems like everyone else is in town for the Morgan Wallen show. We'll discuss the Rebels getting swept to fall to a putrid three and fifteen on the year. Um and what was a very busy weekend in Oxford man I got to tell you I knew a bunch of people would come in town for this concert I didn't go to it but uh it was probably even beyond my expectation this felt like a very very packed big SEC football weekend
0: Yeah yeah the uh the town's a buzzing um not not because of Ole Miss baseball but uh, No it is not that th- confirmed yeah. but because the guy that that sings country music so um at least everybody's having a you know what um, if you're not going to host a regional, uh, might as well have everybody here for something. So uh, you know that works, isn't? Double Decker next weekend? Is that next weekend? Yeah, so you'll have
1: back to back weekends. Yeah. like I will actually be out of town for that one, but uh, yeah, it'll be back to back huge weekends. I mean, this felt like Double Decker, same type of like same type of feel on the square in terms of the crowds and stuff. I'm not sure the exact same uh, type of people per se, but like it was a bunch of people, and it'd be back to back weekends.
0: Yeah, so uh, good for the town uh, because the uh, the town's not going to be hosting a baseball regional. and Won't get that crowd. Um, yeah, that was, uh, that was as bad as it gets, right? Um, just just kind of get dominated on Friday and Saturday, and then you're one strike away on Sunday from salvaging a game. Um, and you know, here's the thing: it, they salvage the game on Sunday, and they go they're four and fourteen. I know, like the, the the initial frustration sucks, but it doesn't change anything. They're going to be four and fourteen. You know. That there still was pretty much impossible to get to the NCAA tournament. If we're talking about winning fourteen games, that was that would have been a ten and two record. Now I understand, like you know, it would have been a lot easier. uh, Well, it would have been easier, you know, to go ahead and win that game. But the reality is that 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 it's probably, um, and I'm not even sure I want to say probably anymore. It's too late for Ole Miss to to make any sort of run at this point.
1: Oh yeah, I mean you'd need them to go what?
0: <laughs> okay, I, I will keep so, doing I, wanna, this I every preface week. it. Just 11 preface.
1: and 1 is all you need. Well, I, I do want to preface this. Um
0: so I, I listened to to a D1 baseball podcast, I believe, and and they were talking about the the way things have shaped out this year. You really only need to get to 12 or 13 wins to give yourselves a shot going into Hoover because the bubble is so bad, but the reality is Ole Miss isn't probably going to get close to that number at this point.
1: Yeah. And Richard brought that up. I had him on the show on uh, Friday and he was like, you know, I mean, he's like, they're not, he's like, this is not great, but they're not dead. All you got to do is find a way to uh, go nine and whatever it was down this. I guess that would have been nine and three. I don't know. I don't feel like doing yeah. that, but basically get be nine and six. Wins.
0: Now it's nine and three.
1: Yeah, that, exactly. To go down the stretch or I think he was basically saying 10 and five because they're. Uh, yeah, still at three wins at the time. But you get the point. Like, they just – I was like, oh, that doesn't seem likely in its own right. And then now after a sweep, you can officially – there's another nail to be put in the coffin to make sure that thing doesn't open back up. Um, I guess that's what that was this weekend. But, like, as you mentioned, it was really I – when mean, we started kind of shifting the conversation from realistic to pipe dream, I would feel like, after – really kind of after the Arkansas weekend. And yeah. uh, it hasn't gotten any better since. I mean, hell, they're through six SEC weekends and have yet to win a series – and I felt like the Sunday game really just kind of encapsulated all that's wrong with this team. They struggled a little bit offensively early on, then kind of found it a little bit late. Then they take a lead, and they have their best guy in there, the guy that they, they trust the most to get those outs, Mitch Morrell. He gets two pretty seamless outs, a couple free passes, a strike away, three-run shot, 7-6. And then even going to the bottom of the inning, yeah. you get a double from Calvin Harris, and Utermark was what? No, that was Leje. excuse me. Leje like-
0: smokes a ball.
1: I know, like four feet from walking the game off, and it's like you said, it was just have been a, uh, it would have just been a, at this point might not be the perfect term, but like a feel good win. It's like, hey, yeah. you came back, you rallied, you played decently well, and you finally won a game. Uh, you know, which they hadn't done in SEC play since the Friday of the state series, so you'd have felt better about yourselves, I imagine, if you were the team. Um, but instead they were handed a pretty stinging defeat. I mean, look, this is all just formalities and playing out the string at this point, but in terms of kind of backbreaking losses this year, that's got to hit the top three in terms of just that stinging after the game. Cause they were, like you said, they were a strike away.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that one, that one's tough. Um, you, you, you know, a obviously on that Sunday where you could have won the series and you give up the walk-off home run comes, comes to mind as well. But yeah, that one, that one's tough. So, um, you know, look, they're three and fifteen in the SEC. I mean, you're you're frankly, I, you know, you're getting to a point where it's an uphill battle to get to Hoover. Um and I think look, if you're looking for goals, that that has to be your goal, right? Like go get into Hoover and, and get some guys some experience in that setting. You're you're not deep enough on the mound, I wouldn't think, to be able to win at Hoover. Um, but you know, you maybe you can win on Tuesday and then stay around for a little while, but yeah, I mean, look, that that's well, what a statement that is that. Hey, you know, eighteen games into the SEC season, your
1: goal needs to be to get to Hoover.
0: Um, but but that's just kind of the reality that Ole Miss faces at this point.
1: Yeah, it it, it is, and I thought Friday went pretty pretty predictably, particularly when it became apparent that one hundred Elliot uh, and Nor Jack Doherty were going to pitch on that. I guess we can talk about that piece of it. Not that it really matters, but what did you make of them going Revis Elliot TBA? Like, what do you? I it kind of made sense to me. One particularly if you needed Elliot to come back on Saturday, like do you think that was a hey we don't want to bring him back against Skeens type of thing? Best yeah, list? that's How what would I would gain? think. Like what what did you make of that?
0: Yeah, that's what I think. Is look, I mean, Hunter Elliot's the ultimate competitor. You put him out there against Paul Skeens, and it's like hey, you got to go be the Friday night dude. So I, I certainly um, agreed with that. Um, you know, and then Elliot obviously has the tough outing on Saturday. Where look, you, I went and watched for the sake of the show. Um, because I was in Alabama at a wedding all weekend, um, I went and watched his one plus inning before we got on here. He didn't look like himself to me. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but the changeup looked telegraphed, Um the breaking ball wasn't overly sharp. And obviously, I understand that you know he hasn't pitched in two months, and I'm not holding him to the standard that he was when he threw against Delaware or certainly last year in the College World Series. But it, for whatever reason, just did not look
1: like himself. So, I've, I've caught I've caught part of it on TV and part of it at the stadium, and um I thought for the most part, like, he looked, like, healthy. I just thought he looked sure. rusty. I didn't think something was physically wrong with him, but it looked like a guy that had not pitched in game action in a while. Like, is that kind of yeah. what you're alluding to? I just thought he yeah. felt let he was rusty, but not that something was physically wrong with him. He just looked like a guy that had not pitched in game action in a long time.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's kind of what I'm alluding to. The the change up to me looked a little telegraphed, like they knew it was coming. I think that's the pitch that Cruz hit out in the first inning. Yes, uh, you know, so I I don't know. It's it's I don't think he's unhealthy for sure. I think he I think he's good to pitch. It just looked like, you know, that a guy that hadn't pitched in two months, and you know, it's Elliot's different, right? Um, you know, if we're talking about a guy that's 93 to 95, right. Um, you know, maybe those mistakes aren't, aren't, um, as magnified, but when you're talking about a guy that pitches at 88 to 90, when that guy is a little bit rusty, it's a little bit easier to hit out of the ballpark and make solid contact. Um, so no, I, I think Hunter Elliott's really it's perfectly fine from a physical standpoint, but it just didn't look like himself. Um, well what we're accustomed to seeing him when he takes the mound obviously you know the the more he pitches um over the next few weeks you hope that 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 he, he starts to look like that again
1: yeah and i think he'll probably round back into form i just i didn't know i didn't know what to expect and i didn't wasn't i can't say i was overly surprised by the result. Now, the, in fairness, as you mentioned, the, uh, the change-up looked telegraph, Fastball looked a little bit flat, but at least the velocity seemed okay. Now, it is worth pointing out, the guy that got him twice and drove in all six of the runs, he's pretty good.
0: <laughs> yeah, he is, no doubt. No Dylan Cruz he's makes bad. some
1: money. I don't think they made it as tough on him as they could, and that's a tough assignment to come back, particularly when you face that lineup and Cruz twice um, in two yeah. innings. But I'll be kind of curious to see what they do with him down the stretch. I mean, clearly – I don't think they have any I don't think they have any reservations about him from a physical standpoint if he came back and pitched in the first place. So I guess these next couple of starts, if he has them, is just kind of, hey, what does he look like? How has he progressed? Because you remember this guy has his true freshman season in one start. Kind of how has he evolved as a pitcher going into his draft year?
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, that's a really good point. Um, and I'm not sure if he even pitched this fall. Uh you may know that. I'm I'm not totally sure. So I can't Um, remember
1: off the top of my head, but I want to lean. I lean No.
0: Yeah. So just, you know, I I don't think he threw much if he did. Um, yeah, no, they, they they need to get the kid back on the mound because, you know, like you said, I mean, you can't really just take a year off if you're, unless, you know, obviously you're going to have surgery and do those types of things, but uh, it appears that that, that's not the option they're going to go with. And, um, You know, so so he has to pitch and get back on the mound and get comfortable because Ole Miss is certainly going to need him um, and his ability in twenty twenty four if they're going to be any good. Um, And quite frankly, they need to be good in twenty twenty four after this. This is I will say this um, as an Ole Miss fan. Like like this is miserable. I don't get how people do this year after year, have bad teams year after year because this this is this is miserable.
1: This is a disaster.
0: Yeah, this is this is measurable.
1: I mean, it is. I mean, they're three and fifteen. They have not won a series. They've been swept, what, that's three times. Three. I believe yeah. their home record in SEC games, I think Chase had this going back after today, going back to the beginning of the 2022 season. I know you're just talking about this year, but I believe their home record in SEC games is six and eighteen. Oof. So bad. That is
0: horrendous. Do you know how toxic this would be had they not lost... done what they
1: did last year?
0: No, I, I'm just talking about like if they didn't let's just say that they didn't advance the nice national title series. Let's say that Dylan Delush is not Superman and they lose that game three to two or whatever, it would be so toxic.
1: Oh God. yeah, because you know, I mean, the whole the only thing that is somewhat kind of uh I don't, I don't even know the right description here. I was about to say something stupid, but the only thing like, uh, like the, the kind of painkiller for this wound is the fact that you walked off the field with the trophy last year, right? It's not even that. Yeah, that is the <laughs> only thing that is keeping this remotely palatable at this point.
0: Yeah, no, I, I seen it. Um, so, you know, you get, you get a grace period. Um, I don't know if you get two, so, um, uh, and i think we're at that part of the year where it's like hey you know how does this get fixed next year um because it's not getting fixed this year they're not good enough last year's team and we've said this at Dawsey and last year's team was always good enough this one's not this one is not talented enough this one this team is not good enough and and th- there's you know a plethora of different reasons as to why that's the case but um the reality is they just are and i've said this over and over and over they just aren't good enough
1: No, they just they aren't. Like this year makes a little sense, but it it shouldn't be this bad. I mean, we talked about this right before we started recording. They should be bad, but they should not be this bad.
0: They should be six and twelve or seven and eleven.
1: Yes, and instead you're at three and fifteen. I mean, how do you contextualize this? Juxtapose last year. This is the most like this is the most incredulous two year stretch. Of the Mike Bianco era, perhaps we've ever seen because for years it was, he does not suck at all in the regular season. They're always good. They've always got a chance, but the postseason success hasn't been there. Then they had a wildly terrible first nine weekends of the SEC regular season last year. Then they get super duper hot. They win the whole thing. And then they kind of, they've stunk again for, uh, what is that? That is now. I say nine weekends, I meant six weekends, and now they've done it again through six weekends of SEC play. Like, how how do you contextualize this? I I get the two years, like, I'm not asking for, like, a correlation between the two, but how do you put this into context with two pretty disastrous regular seasons with the national title sandwiched in between?
0: Yeah, it's hilarious. Um, You know, I I don't, you know, I I asked, I I think I asked before, you know, like, is there a worry that you know, you've had two pretty pathetic regular seasons in a row. Um, I don't, I don't think that's that words unfair. Um, I, th- I think anybody at Ole Mess last year would call, you know, the regular season extremely underwhelming. You know, this is a program that, that has a ton of pride to go 14 and 16 is not where you want to be. Um, and then this year to, I don't, I just, I don't see 10 wins for this team. Um, so we're talking, you know, nine and 21, eight and 22, unless they get on, you know, some kind of run here. Um, you know, so, yeah, it's just it's just unfortunate unless, you know, Mike's planning on one upping himself and be like, hey, you know, what? we'll just uh, we'll sneak in Hoover and just go win that thing. And then we'll get back in the postseason. Maybe maybe he's trying to outdo himself. Um, So I don't know. I I, I don't think that's the plan.
1: Yeah, I thought I, I you think the plan was to get to seven and 14 again. It was like they got him <laughs> right where they want him.
0: Yeah. The problem is it's mathematically impossible now. <laughs>
1: yeah it is no but that, they, they this was the first weekend they just misexecuted the plan right everything else went exactly according to plan before that the goal was to get yeah. to seven and fourteen but I, I just I don't know what to make of it um because again if you'd have, let's just say for the I mean was we keep going in hypotheticals here but let's just say they got knocked out in I mean my God would it what, what would you do if they had gotten knocked out in Hattiesburg last year he's probably oh back, uh, but-
0: yeah, well yeah the, the the conversation's easy at that point.
1: Okay, that's fair. Let's go back to just your hypothetical. They make it to Omaha, they don't win the whole thing and then it goes badly this year. Like do you do you feel like people would be questioning more about has he lost a handle on his program or is these just two very uncharacteristic years, you know what I mean?
0: Uh I think at that point we're maybe having a different conversation. Um because again, you know, but the, they the dogpiled in Omaha, you know, how much how much, you know, capital does that buy you? And obviously the answer is a ton. Um I just look. I I think Mike Bianco is an excellent baseball coach. I think they've had two tough years in the regular season for two different reasons. Um, I think it's something probably to monitor next year and hope that, that that it's not the case. Um, And and quite frankly, I think that they need to host a regional next year. Um, I think that that needs to be something that, uh, that happens and, you know, I I don't know The, the reality is this year. I don't think it's any more complicated than they're not good enough. Um, you know, they, they've got some talented players. Kemp Alderman's really good. Gonzo's really good. Harris is really good. And then, you know, Groff has had a good year. Clark has been fine. But, man, like, for the most part, and I know Udermark had the home run today, but six through nine just feels like automatic outs right now. Um, and and Leger's done some good things. I understand that. But, you know, for the most part, especially seven through nine, it just feels like automatic outs right now. And then obviously – the um, pitching staff blows up again this weekend. Um, just not good enough. Just I, I don't think, and I don't mean this mean. I don't think they have good enough players right now.
1: I don't think they do either. And injuries aside, you know, we talk about they're three and fifteen. If you had Josh Malitz and you had Raleigh Maddox, what are you probably six well, and twelve and eleven?
0: Josh and 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 Riley. I think you know. Uh, I think it's maybe a eight and 10, 9 and nine team. But now here here's the question: Does this offense perform better knowing that they have guys that that can that can pitch you out of jams and, and hold teams down? Is the offense better? So it may be a chicken and egg conversation. I don't know the answer to that question. I, certainly, they're an NCAA tournament team at that point. Um, but you know, it's it's just been a string of bad luck, and and because of that bad luck, they're not good enough at, at a
1: you know plethora of different positions. What do you make of the home record being so bad the last two years?
0: Nothing. I, and and I don't they they so it's just kind of one of those things they had been people forget this they had been absurd at home before you know this this bad record and I kind of think things maybe just averaging out uh, because it's not like they've been good on the road either you know so it's just that they they're not been very good baseball team in the in the past two years in the regular season.
1: You ready for a random? I'm just bouncing around here. You ready for a, like kind of shockingly rough stat? Sure. Well, I guess it's actually not that surprising. oh Miss has one save in conference play.
0: Yeah, well, you only win three games. That kind of happens, and and, and there's I, not know, many
1: opportunities. Yeah, well, and <laughs> I just I, you joke you joke about that.
0: I I do think there is something to the fact that this team doesn't win close games. Like they, they, they you know, look at today. Um, bad teams don't win close games. So you know, they, if they're going to win, they kind of got to beat the crap out of people.
1: Yeah, and that just – the offense has not been good enough for that to happen. But you mentioned the chicken and the egg part of, like, well, would this offense be better – like, would this offense perform better if they knew they had guys to kind of pitch them out of jams and get shut down innings? And that's a fair question to some degree. But if you look at the numbers, particularly since conference play has started, um, Ole Miss has not actually been a horrendous pitching staff um They're a bottom third. You know, they're probably the, t- I mean, if you look at all the cumulative statistics, they've started actually walking significantly fewer people once conference play. They're actually in the top half of the league in that regard at this point, right there in the middle at 81 walks. But they're probably the 10th, 9th, 10th best pitching staff. If you just kind of look at a cumulative of all the numbers, so while I do agree that that's a fair question to some degree, but I just don't think the offense has been good enough in general because it's not like the pitching staff has just been abhorrent and not given them a chance the whole time. I mean, we you had that stat last weekend about how the the what is it, they scored? They've averaged like three and a half games or runs per game and game threes. Like there's yeah, just no, some the off- elements that pitching injuries aside from this offense have just not cut it at all.
0: Yeah, no, the, the offense has not been good enough. There's no doubt. Um, I don't. If it, wow, if they're but now I will say offense obviously significantly significantly up throughout the country. But I just pulled up there they have a six point seven five ERA in SEC play. If they're a, just like if they are four worse than them, the SEC's got to pitch better. Good God. Um but no, the the offense hasn't been good enough. And and you know, that's it's certainly um worth wondering, you know, if they would have performed differently um with those three guys. It's look, it's just kind of it's just kind of crap, you know, if you ever rooted for a, a major league baseball team that's out of contention by June, this is exactly what it is. Um, you're just kind of watching. but And I, I feel like maybe this is just me because I've never experienced it, you know, genuinely, you know, I've, I've, I've rooted for Ole mess baseballs my entire life. Uh, well, up until, you know, I started, you know, caring about sports, which was about the time Mike Bianco came in. And there was ne- there's never been a season like this when, you know, they played their last regular season series. It was always, hey, like, it. you know, this is what they need to do to make the tournament. Man, when they go play Alabama and Tuscaloosa in, in three weeks, it's not going to be any like, hey, this is what they need to do to make the tournament. It's going to be maybe they can make Hoover. Um, you know, so people I guess what I'm saying is people just don't really know how to react because. Everybody that's always watched the old Miss games um, uh, because the old Miss games are on are still watching the old Miss games because the old Miss games are on. But there's just not really anything to cheer for at this point.
1: And I felt like you started to get the first real taste of that this weekend. You know what I mean? Like it just I mean, you knew they were probably losing to Skeens on Friday night, but it's a huge weekend. It's the second to last weekend in April. LSU comes in town. You got the concert and now there's a bunch of people in town. But the baseball game just kind of felt like an afterthought because there was really nothing to play for. I mean, look, I guess even some crazy, I don't think any realistic person that entered that stadium this weekend was like, well, maybe if they sweep them, they're back into it. But point being, they've already reached that point where it just kind of felt like meaningless baseball, to be completely honest. Um, And that was a very weird thing. That's something you have not really experienced in the Mike Bianco area because to your point, pretty much every year, even the few years they've missed the NCAA tournament, they've been in the mix toward the end. Uh, you know, going into Hoover, here's what they need to do. And that's just not going to be the case. But I felt like what you're alluding to there, you really got the first taste of that this weekend. I mean, did I don't know, was Ole Miss baseball appointment viewing for you this weekend by any stretch of the imagination? If I'm to
0: be completely honest, I watched the eighth and ninth inning on Sunday. Um, now, some of that is I was in and out of a wedding um, in, in, in Alabama and didn't really have time to – to watch we drove up on friday night so didn't watch it then obviously and then saturday um had the wedding all day and then today we drove back so um didn't really didn't really have an opportunity to to watch i listened to some of it and followed it on stat broadcast so appointment viewing no um now it, I, I i guess in complete fairness almost could have been you know 15 and 0 going into this weekend i probably still don't have the opportunity to watch much but you know next weekend they i, I will say this next weekend they um, played Georgia on on Tuesday and Friday, or excuse me, on Friday, Saturday and Sunday, and I believe that series is Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, we've got games Tuesday and Friday for sure. Maybe a game on Saturday, hopefully not. Um, but on Saturday and Sunday, I don't I don't foresee myself going to Oxford. I might watch some of the games, and it, you know, it, it's kind of to the point where you know, you're, it's like, what are we wasting? Th- three hours on at this point um it's uh, it, you know at this time last year they were still mathematically within realm within reach of making the tournament uh whereas you know like, you know this year i don't i don't know how anybody can convince themselves that this team is going to go what 10 and 2 to have a outside puncher's chance um so you know it's kind of it's kind of to the point where like hey what are, what are we wasting three hours on every day
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. And we it hit the the brink of that last year. And I know we talked about this multiple times on the podcast, but not to be too repetitive, that Missouri series was like, oh, what do you like? Remember, we were asking ourselves if I remember correctly from that pre-show pod or pre-series probably did that last year. It's like, what's the crowd gonna be like? Like, are there gonna be people there? Kind of if I remember correctly, it was a little bit of a weird weather weekend. Like Yeah, it was graduation weekend saved it a little bit. It damn, it was yeah. Yeah, I guess it was. That's crazy. It saved a little bit, and then um then they sweep them, and now you're all of a sudden just back in the mix, and then you have the the what as they had the Tuesday night game against Southern Miss, and then they do the sweep LSU. Yeah, and then you know, eight days later, it's like, well, what were we talking about this being meaningless baseball? But now (laughs) they're so far in the hole, it's like I definitely the rest of the I mean here's reality they could sweep Georgia and Missouri be nine
0: and fifteen, and you're still like they I don't think this is gonna happen. That, that that's where you are, Julia. they'd go six and over the next two weeks. And I would still be like, they're probably not making the tournament. It probably doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, it, it, it exactly. And that's, I don't know. It's just a, uh, it's a crazy place to be because again, it's just, it's not something they've been accustomed to. So uh, one random note, again, I'm just really bouncing around, honestly, grasping at straws for, you know, somewhat important baseball content at this point. Um, I was watching the game today and I was at the game on Saturday, so I wasn't watching the TV broadcast. And then I met my parents on the square for the Friday game that we never actually ended up going to because of the weather. And so I was watching the game, but didn't have the luxury of the broadcast. Jack Doherty didn't pitch all weekend. And then Richard Cross and whoever his partner was today, I just forget the guy's name, said that Jack Doherty was not available today. Um, unofficially, they said it was unofficial, but that they were hearing that Jack Doherty's unavailable. That what not God's name, like, what would you make of that? I, I didn't even notice anything. <laughs>
0: Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it's, it, it, I, you know, hadn't heard injuries or whatnot. Uh, so, so I don't really know.
1: It's, it's, I don't know. I thought that was strange. And I, now at the, like in hindsight, I, once I heard that, I wonder if that played into the decision to, uh, like to go, what was that Revis, uh, Elliot TBA versus, I don't know. I don't know. Just something to keep an eye on because like, Again, it's all kind of uh it's all kind of meaningless at this point, but you figured hey, you get Elliot back that brings you another bullpen arm that you would at least trust to get outs at the back end, but apparently he was not available this weekend. So, I don't know, just something I noticed on the broadcast and he did not come in to pitch today. I mean, look, he had not pitched all weekend. Morell's in there. He gets the first two outs of these he gets, puts the two guys on. If Doherty's available, do you think there's any shot they ditch morell at that point and go to Doherty, or do you think they like Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. Run? Doherty would have been in, I think, especially in the ninth inning.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. Like, he probably starts the inning. Uh, and if nothing else, at least when you get the two walks, it was clear that Morrell didn't have it. But because Doherty wasn't available, it's was just like, all right, I guess you live and die by them. Uh, all that aside, Ole misses struggles aside, LSU's got a pretty damn good team. I know they have injuries and whatnot, but, man, that lineup is impressive.
0: Yo no, they're a stud, man. They're a stud.
1: Like I, between Cruz and Tommy White and this, I mean, it one through I mean, it felt like their eight-hole hitter was a real threat, too. I mean, what a luxury that old miss doesn't have at that point. Like it's just they they yeah, have incredible one lineup. Nine.
0: Yeah, it's one through nine. So um, I don't know. Yeah, it was it was really, really good. There ain't no doubt about that.
1: Sore shoulder, as I get an update in real time from uh from Jack Doherty and that uh, Mike didn't really offer specifics about it after the game, man. Talk about when it rains, it pours, man.
0: Yeah. I, I, so Mike wouldn't speak on it after the game.
1: Uh, I just asked chase what was up and I'm, I'm reading our conversation in real time here, but he said sore shoulder and said, Mike was kind of weird about it after the game said he's rehabbing it, but wouldn't really offer anything else. Huh? Well, that's, yeah, that's uh. What does sore shoulder indicate? Uh, in your well, to me,
0: to me, that indicates you if they're three and fifteen in the SEC, he doesn't need to throw again.
1: Oh, that's fair. that's fair. Anything like medically that indicates? I know we talk about like the tight forearm. Oh, um, like the- you don't
0: want soreness in the shoulder as much. The bicep and, and maybe you know up the arm a little bit, okay. But but when we start talking about shoulders being hurt, that 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 that's alarming.
1: Yeah, that uh that that certainly is alarming so anyway I don't know I don't know much else to pick from this series Um, JT Quinn I mean he got through four innings again but he threw 108 pitches got kind of banged around Revis did as well as he could I don't know There isn't much else to cover other than the fact that I was looking at the statistics for there were about two hours post game post the series finale recording and Ole Miss didn't have the end of the uh, like SEC statistics updated through this game but uh, I don't know. I was going to do our annual weekend. My God, the, bo- lot, the bottom of this lineup is pretty rough again. Let's see if they've updated them at this point. Um, yep, yeah, now they're now through eighteen games. Uh, Peyton Shotenier, they are now through six weekends of SEC play. My man's got six hits.
0: Yeah, uh, it's not good. They did fun, they did bench McCants.
1: They did, and McCants has. Played in 18 games. Now, granted, he only got the one at bat today, 16 starts. He's only got eight hits. I mean, that's two guys in your lineup, two returning guys that kind of count when you would do the whole stat of, well, they do return six guys from the lineup. 14 hits out of those two slots, and they've been starters for basically every single point SEC play. I mean, that's really – What's wrong with this lineup? Because if you look at the way the numbers shook out, like, yes, there have been some kind of up and down with Calarco and Leger has been honestly pretty damn good for the last three or four weeks or so. But that's really what's kind of preventing them from being a good lineup is those bottom two slots and DH. They just, I mean, those are, like like you said, they just feel like automatic outs at this point.
0: Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, that's exactly what it feels like. And I don't mean this mean to the kid, but TJ McCants came up at the end of the game. Did anybody think he was getting a hit? No, no. And I don't mean that many the kid, kid had one of the biggest swings in almost history last year. Uh, but it's just kind of been one of those years, unfortunately, for him.
1: And it's like uh, the ultimate like, you know, I, I keep saying when it rains, it pours. But, you know, he the reason he was up to bat in the bottom of that inning was because he pinched Ramford Colarco. <laughs> Yeah. And well, I got I understood that one. No, You're I up. got it too. It's just like you know, tough luck. Like, I don't think you ever I don't think Mike was intending on them having to have that. I think he was trying to go win the game in the eighth and close it out the ninth, clearly. Like, I don't think you could have been thinking ahead, but like once that does happen, it's like, geez, we cannot catch a break. Um, couple of random notes I had from the weekend. Uh, one LSU has a very short coaching staff. The first base is the largest <laughs> pudgy guy, but the rest of their staff, uh just a bunch of little dudes. What what do you what's up with that?
0: Um yeah. Uh Jay Johnson, not very tall. Uh Wes Johnson, really good pitching coach, not a uh, not a big height guy. Uh, yeah. I uh, could probably
1: get a gig on that staff. They could see me in the stands back. Like, we need that kid. <laughs> you fit in? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we're just going off height. None of us could ride <laughs> roller coasters, but we could spend that extra time, you know, crunching numbers and film and such. Um, what else we got? Another random note. Oh, I have a good one for you. This one is backed up in a heap of statistics. You ready for this? Yes, sure. This 2023 Ole Miss team leads all baseball teams in all, of all time in innings where you say, wow, there's multiple runners on base and a ball hasn't left the infield. How did this happen? <laughs> I swear to God, dude, we were talking, there was a guy sitting behind me on Saturday that I, I think it was the sixth or seventh inning where Ole Miss had finally answered with the Kemp Alderman home run. I think LSU added another run after that, but LSU got two dudes on, and then they scored a run after I think on a single or something like that. And that was the, the, the single was the first ball that left the infield. This team, for whatever reason, has a innate sense of allowing multiple men on base via walks Hit by pitches, infield singles, errors, tweeters. I mean, I, I can't. I can't tell you the amount of times I looked up this year. It was like, wow, bases loaded, two on, no out. Like, wait a minute, they haven't had a ball hit the outfield yet. It's just, it's unbelievable. To me. There's no way I'm the only person that's noticed that.
0: No, no, that's a, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, uh, oh, here, here we go. Somebody asked me this hypothetical after the game: How many, um, how many Ole Miss teams? Could this team – so, how, like, if this team played a Super Regional against every Ole Miss team that Mike Bianco had, how many times – or how many teams uh, does this team get to a game three?
1: With or without Hunter Elliott?
0: With Hunter – or let's go – they haven't had him all year. Let's go without. Oh, I'm going to say zero. Zero? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. favorite. I mean – I mean, 17 and 11 and three are the years they missed the tournament. Uh, 17, I don't – 17 was better than them. A lot better than them.
1: They were obviously. way better.
0: Yeah, yeah. 11, I don't that, – that team was fine. Um, and then I don't really remember three. Um, yeah, this 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 team would get wrecked by pretty much every other team they've had here. Obviously, you look at the records. But somebody asked, how many times would they win a game Against uh, one of Mike's former teams,
1: I probably was a little bit harsh in answering. That is, I was in my mind, even though you said how often do they get to a game three. My mind went to how often do they win, like the like a series, and that definitely is zero. They get to a game three with the decent start between Doherty or Revis against one of them. So I'll go one and a half. That'd be my over under on that. (laughs) One one time in twenty three years. One and a half. Yeah, I mean, what (laughs) what other teams? I mean, the rest of the years, the guys have been pretty good, and most times they've at least had a Friday, dude. So you're already down 0-1, and then you're putting, I guess, a lot of stock into, I guess that'd be Xavier Revis to give them a chance. And uh, the offense isn't exactly backed up Mr. Rivas this year. I mean, how often would you say it, it would happen?
0: Uh, I, I, the 15 team wasn't very good. So I'm going to include that in a group they make him get a game against. So that's four teams, I think. They, they were not going, they would not win a game in 12 or 13 against uh, Wall or Myers. So 3, 11, 15, and 17. I'm going to go once. I'm going to go. They win one game out of those four teams one time.
1: But then 15, you still have what is that? Is that Brady Bramlett?
0: Trent, Trent Bramlett and then Sam Smith, Conda, And at the end of the year, it was Weathersby.
1: And then at a wasn't there a certain point where that team had to start Will Stokes at Vanderbilt?
0: Uh yes, Will Stokes started and then Sam Smith came in and released.
1: That's right. I mean, and then you gotta remember that team had Jacob Waggis pack in the bullpen too. Like they at least had some dudes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. So hell, I don't know. But uh what a what a hypothetical that we sit here on April the 23rd and this is what is uh, occupied the last. <laughs> 15 minutes of this podcast, but uh, it's just kind of the world that Ole Miss exists in at this point. Um, One of the notes that I had up from Saturday on kind of a halfway series note from just what you look at from this weekend, seems like Doherty at this point, as we were figured out somewhat in real time had a sore shoulder, wasn't available this weekend. Um, They lose eight to four on Saturday Um, because D- uh, Dylan Cruz gets Hunter Elliott twice. But what I thought was interesting is, is after the fact, because I think on Friday, I want to double check this. I think the only guys they use were Revis and Braden Jones, who is actually pretty damn good in relief or at least yeah. gave him the shot and kept them um, in the game. What, once they got down on Saturday in game two, I thought it was interesting that after Elliot left, he got three innings from Nicholas. He got to about 58 pitches. They went with Cole Tolbert and Mason Morris and, uh, Mason Morris was painting corners and uh, fanning uh, and freezing, <laughs> um, Dylan Cruz, which is kind of like holy hell. What's up with this guy? Now he walked three dudes, but he went two innings, didn't allow a hit, a, a run, um, and then they went to Cole Tolbert. I just we talked about kind of in, uh, last Sunday, where at this point in the year, do you just start looking at younger dudes and figuring out what you have? It felt like maybe it was just a sheer lack of options, but you hadn't used. Um, you had not used Mitch Morrell yet. It felt like Mike transitioned that a little bit where it was like, Hey, we're down. What? I guess that would have been before the sixth inning that had been, we're down seven runs, then you're down four. Like, let's see what the younger guys have. I mean, honestly, I'd forgotten Cole Tolbert and Mason Morris were on the roster to that point, And at least kind of gave them a shot to see what they could do.
0: Yeah, no, look, I mean, you're, you're at the point with some of these cows where you just kind of, kind of see, can they help you next year? Um, and they, they did, I'm, you know, so uh, both guys had decent outings. You know, I, I think we're going to see more of that and guys like that pitch more, maybe get more swings because they need to figure out if that there's certain guys in this roster that can help you next year or not.
1: And we danced around this conversation to, uh, at the beginning. We talked about this right before we started recording. This is the type of year you are already going to lose a bunch from your uh, lineup uh, with the way that it shook out with what you got, Gonzales. Alderman, Harris all likely gone you would think that uh, Clarko's gone is Lege gone no i don't
0: know that'll be an interesting one they'll certainly want him back
1: Groth no, Groth didn't have another year does he I don't believe
0: so or maybe uh, he does but but he's going pro if he does
1: yeah, and so, but point being is, in a year you already figured that you would lose a decent bit. This is the type of disastrous season where beyond just hey, what do you replace? You know, one through nine in the lineup. This is where you see a lot of just program roster one through thirty-five or whatever the hell it is attrition in general. Don't like I, I figured we we will see a lot more of that than we've been accustomed to seeing with Mike Bianco teams. I, this feels like they need a really kind of top to bottom roster overhaul.
0: Yeah, no, they they got to get players, man um but you're losing a lot and what you're not losing is is not very good outside of you know leger's been um pretty consistent for for the last few weeks I guess um yeah no look they, they they've got to go get dudes and you know I don't know how all that works nowadays with with il money and, and you know the 11.7 that you're on but you're you're losing a good bit um especially on the offensive side of the baseball and uh you got to go get you got to go get players man they that like we can do all this, you know, I don't look, look, people can complain about Mike putting, leaving Revis in too long or, you know, not going to Morel or whatever last Sunday, but at the end of the day, the players aren't good enough. And at some point that, that that's your biggest coaching problem is that your team isn't currently talented enough. And that that's the issue that they've got to go get fixed. It's a lot easier to coach and to manage when your team is really good. Um, because mistakes aren't as glaring. So, you know, it's it, it. That's just the reality of the situation for me. They've got to go get dudes. They got to go get talent out of the portal. Um, and if they don't, they're not going to be very good. But, but I think that they're uh, they're aware of that, and I think they're going to make sure that that they get a lot of or, or get a you know a plethora of, of good players next year.
1: And I guess that's kind of as as you enter that phase in of the conversation about what this team needs to do. This will probably be fairly telling about what like this offseason will be somewhat telling about what kind of like how old misses NIL will impact college baseball. Right. Because you're still dealing with the 11.7, but like who can you actually attract in the portal and will they have a little bit more freedom than maybe you'd be accustomed to them having in years past when NIL wasn't in the picture. Like I'm very curious to see what that looks like. Like who can they actually go get like how much, uh, you know, talent can they acquire and overturn this roster and what factor NIL plays with that? Because I just felt like, you know, NIL has been pretty new. College baseball has not really been at the forefront of the conversation, but like, and you returned a decent bit from this, the national championship team this past year, this feels like the first year where it's kind of like, what can they actually offer a kid from an NIL standpoint? How would that, I say, bridge the gap between say Ole Miss and a Vanderbilt in the typical 11.7 versus however many scholarship Vanderbilt gets?
0: <laughs> no, that's a really good point.
1: Um, really, really
0: good point. So, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I, I kind of feel like this is the first year where we're really going to see. You know, I know LSU kind of took advantage of it last year, but um, going gonna to be interesting to see how that all shakes out with with the money and the eleven point seven and how they you know um, correlate to each other.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, fascinated to see it. I don't really have much any other notes um, from the weekend to a pretty good crowd on Saturday. It was a great day for uh baseball. And then uh, it was seemed like a nice, a pretty decent overlap. Cause I think that first show that concert started at five 30. So you're not a Morgan Wallen guy. I, I'm not really either. I don't dislike the guy by any means. Like I'm not going to like make fun of like country music or whatever. It's just not really my thing. So I was never going to go to the concert, but my God, man, the amount of people here this weekend, just felt like an Alabama football weekend. I mean, this was unbelievable, the amount of people in and out for this thing. And honestly, I can't call it, I think the youth call this FOMO. I couldn't escape the concert on social media. I don't think I had fear of missing out because I was just like, yeah, I'm good. Like, it's not my thing. But it felt like every single person I knew on earth that had any sort of like, Ever overlap in my social circle from a social media standpoint was at that thing. <laughs> like it was, it was really kind of unbelievable to me. Did you experience the same thing? No, um, and you know they're doing another concert tonight. So yeah, it's still uh, going. Like there's another yeah. one tonight.
0: Yeah, yeah, couldn't do it. Uh, could couldn't couldn't make that happen. Uh, but yeah, no the uh, the city has been ta- overtaken by Morgan Wallen people uh, and Morgan Wallen fans, which is good for them. Um, Glad that the city is 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 getting a boost of the economy. That's good for everybody and good for Oxford. So uh, happy for that. Just just not really my thing. I'm not a. And you may be. I'm not a massive music guy. I listen to like everybody's like, what do you listen to in the car? Podcast. I find podcasts and I listen to them. Um, sports or whatever. I'm I'm just not a massive music guy.
1: No, I I uh, I'm right there with you as well. I get it's it's sports radio, <laughs> some kind of podcast or something for me. Over music. Now, there are certain bands and certain types of music that I like, but I'm just not super into the music scene in general, which is interesting because, like, my dad is a huge, particularly like 90s grunge, like Pearl Jam and all that is like a huge music guy and very much appreciates the history of it. And I like, I enjoy like reading about bands and stuff and how they came together and kind of the stories behind them. But I'm not just like super into the lyrics and just certain types of music in general. And I I don't really know why that's the case. It's just not really my thing. Um, So I I don't know. I I feel like we're one in the same in that point. Like I don't, I don't hate music by any means. I don't necessarily even really hate country music. There's some that seems cringeworthy and some that seems Pretty good. Like, I'll put it to you this way. I've heard some of Morgan Wallen songs. I was like, oh, I could like this is kind of like he's got a good voice. Like the lyrics seem kind of like the same quality. It's a far cry from like your Luke Bryan type country. So like I've listened to a couple of his songs and been like, hey, this is not bad stuff. But am I going to go spend money on a concert ticket? Probably not, because that's just not really my thing. Does that make any sense?
0: Yes. Yes. No. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm not a big concert guy anyways. Not a big concert guy anyways.
1: I've been to some shows that I very much enjoyed. Like I mentioned my dad being a pretty big music guy. I've seen Pearl Jam once and Eddie Vedder by himself once, both in Memphis and both of those are really cool. Like i left, I was like, I'm really glad I went to that. That was an incredible time. But one of them was at like the Orpheum in Memphis, where it's kind of like an opera style theater. So we're just sitting down and like watching him play instruments. The other one was at FedEx Forum. And we, I mean, it's not that different from Walt Hemingway, but we had like a chair back seat up. Um, and I know that's similar to most concerts. I guess my point being is... I don't know what breed of citizen is able to go down into the pit of a concert at this point, but that honestly gives me the heebie jeebies to like think about that. That That's where I was going to land the plane on that one. I don't know how people get into crowds like that anymore. That's just not my thing. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, no. And it's and like, we were talking about before
0: the, uh, before the, uh, pod, like, man, I couldn't like on a crowded football weekend, I'm not going to the library. Like you're not going to see me out there. Um, uh, just, uh, just, just, I, I, I'm 29. I can't do crowds anymore. It gives me the, uh, gives me the
1: scaries So like football weekends. Now, if you're not doing crowds, what are you doing on Ole Miss football weekend?
0: Uh, I mean, I, I can go to the game and I can go to the Grove. I'm not going to the square. I'm going back to the, the condo I stay at and, and watching football with, with the seven or eight people that are there. Um, not doing crowds and maybe, you know, sometimes that, that number turns into 15 or 16. That's fine. But I am not going to stand shoulder to shoulder in the library or at Funky's.
1: Yeah, I've gotten actually that way. And really, the first couple of times I visited when I moved to Dallas for football games the year, I guess that would really just been 2021, because the first year I was out there was COVID. I was kind of the same way. I was like, oh, man, I'm not sure. Actually, this is actually a ton of fun with these crowds. And it was interesting. The first year I lived here for a football season in a while, um, I mostly avoided the square like the plague. Uh, like my buddy Portner came in town one weekend, and we got a reserve. We got a late dinner reservation. I think at like snack bar or something. And that was his wife came in, and that was a, a ton of fun. But like, I remember there were like two football weeks in a row where I had not like hit the square once the sun went down, and I was like that. That was by design. <laughs> I, was, I was perfectly yeah. content with that decision making. And I, does that make us old?
0: <laughs> I think that does make us old when we're like. Yeah, no, I'd rather just not do the people. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not a, not, not a big fan of the people. I'd like to just stay on my own lane. Um, yeah, I think that, I think that definitely, definitely makes us old. So, um, whatever. I'm 29. This this, oh, no, I'm, I'm 30 next month. God help me. Um, so that, that actually is now making me feel real old.
1: Yeah, and like I, I mean, I just turned twenty eight. But the problem is, is anyone that's like thirty three and above listening to us is like these two assholes have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> you're, you're not old yet, <laughs> which I get it. But I just I'm out on the crowds at this point in my life. What's uh? Let's take a look around the SEC before we get out of here. Um, kind of a wild weekend, I guess. We'll start um in Columbia, South Carolina, where. Uh, the Gamecocks are good. Uh, they sweep Florida this weekend. Uh, they got something going on there. Look if old Miss had somehow found a way to take a game or God forbid, you know, two games against LSU, you might have some contention about who the number one team in the country is next week. They, uh, what an impressive statement by the Gamecocks.
0: Yeah, they're really good. Kingston's done a really, really good job. Um, so yeah, no, he certainly saved his job, you know? Um, yeah, no, good Good weekend for the Gamecocks. It's a good ball club. They, they've done a really good job of uh, manufacturing runs and, and putting that team together.
1: Yeah. They, it was
0: Without a weekend starter, if I'm not mistaken, one of their weekend guys didn't throw this weekend.
1: Yeah, I can't remember. I don't think it was Will Sanders because I watched him pitch. Um, it was one of those other kids, and so good on them. Um, on The other sweep of the weekend was uh, – do you have any comment on Tennessee? Uh <laughs> Nope. Sweeping what did they do
0: this weekend? I know what they did. Don't tell me.
1: They swept to get to eight and ten. Um, which honestly, in all seriousness, is a huge thing for them because Vanderbilt had been playing really good baseball. Hell, Vanderbilt was thirteen and two. Talk yeah. about a back. I mean, look, I hate I giving Tony Vitello credit for anything because it almost ruins our podcast bit at this point. Um, I saw a guy who listens to our podcast in the library, and he just, like, pointed at the TV and was like, those guys invented baseball. I was like, oh, yeah, they did, man. Uh, <laughs> you, talk, you talk about – my mom was, like, looking around and was like, what was that? I was like, nothing. Um, you do Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, in all seriousness, talk about a back against the wall weekend. Tennessee had yeah. a, a rough year. They were five and ten. And to Vanderbilt have been kind of machine to sweep them. I mean that changes the outlook of their whole season. So you know, congrats to the founding fathers. I guess.
0: Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. It's it's good to see that that it's looking more and more likely that the two teams that invented baseball may make the postseason.
1: That is true. Wait, who's the? Oh yeah, <laughs> Mississippi State. <laughs> um. So good on them. Um. What'd you have? Yeah, you Georgia, I believe, take a series from uh, Arkansas. Take a series, buddy. They swept it. Oh, they did sweep it.
0: Holy cow. Yeah, yeah they uh they hit a, a granny and a walk-off in the bottom of the ninth in game three yesterday. And, uh,
1: yeah, they swept the Hogs. The Hogs are
0: beat up pretty bad, like, injured-wise.
1: Yeah, they, they are. And that's probably a weekend, I mean, with them getting swept. And I know the West was at least a little bit in question and a little bit of a conversation. Yeah, probably not. L- yeah, now LSU feels like they're very much in the driver's seat. They're two games up with the tiebreaker. Yeah, that feels – fairly important um but it was just funny because before this weekend hit you know you were the kind of I would say feel like the most rational I say rational the most Pollyanna Ole Miss fan was like well if you can get one or two this weekend and sweep Georgia well Georgia swept Arkansas buddy and Ole Miss's next series win will be their first one of the year like I didn't figure out that was ever going to happen and I felt like the Georgia sweep this weekend was a little bit of proof of yeah no shot (laughs) yeah um, no,
0: not gonna happen. Maybe they get two. I don't know. I probably don't see that either.
1: I don't really see that one, uh, either. What, a, uh, what a, I did, I paid zero attention to, Oh, Alabama went and, uh, swept on the road against Missouri. So three, that Mizzou, they just, they, they won three games against Tennessee the first weekend. And then they're like, we're good. Our season, we, 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 everything we've wanted to accomplish is, is we're, we're good.
0: Um, I don't Look, I don't know the intricacies of Missouri baseball. They're going to make a change because, like, I get it. They don't care. But at some point, don't you, like, have to make the tournament or something? Like, don't you at least have to put on a good
1: show at some point? And it's been a while now at this point since they've gotten close.
0: Yeah, 19. So they've gone, what, 21, 22, 23? Not even really been
1: close. I don't know. Right, because 19 was that the year. Mike kind of stumped for them. in and Yeah. In, like, like, indirectly in Hoover. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. like, I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> who's your hot board for Mizzou baseball? Be I mean, it's a good question,
0: but it's an SEC job that pays probably. I'm assuming at least half a million dollars. You can get somebody. That is, I mean, true. Tony Vitello. This is no joke. When they hired or
1: Tony Vitello wanted the job, so you can get somebody. Yeah. So I, that would leave me without without knowing anything about the situation. That my answer would, I guess, be yes. Um. <laughs> A&M's turned it around a bit. They went and uh, won a series at Kentucky, which Kentucky feels like they made uh, their hay very early in the season and are now just trying to hold on for dear life. But I believe that is three SEC series wins in a row for Texas AM. So they're actually, they might be okay. They're nine and nine in the league at this point, but a good weekend for them against the Kentucky team is pretty good.
0: Yeah, no, that's for sure. Um, no, it's a, it's that that's two, what, or, or NCAA tournament teams. you with the outside shot to host. No, it's just, just a, just two, two good teams going at it. Uh, AM comes back in game two of the doubleheader on Saturday and wins it. AM's playing pretty good baseball
1: right now. That they are. And I guess Mississippi State, you know, until the um, end of the game today. Did you see this game today? So state, state loses a two to one game on Friday. They win a wild one on Saturday, 11 10. And then I think if I'm, have this correct did they get up seven to nothing they were up
0: nine to three at some point
1: nine to three and it was seven to nothing after three innings they lost 12 to 11 today Wait, the bulldogs six... lost yeah yeah uh all oh, you just scored... my day that's i thought they won auburn scored four in the sixth one in the seventh three in the eighth one in the ninth to walk it off and win uh 12 to 11. Hi, war eagle buddy uh yeah, talk about – I mean, that's kind of a – do you talk about two pivotal moments in the season for both teams? Auburn gets off to the terrible start, not so fast. Now they're 7-11, and 11, and State now falls to 6-12 and 12 after what could have been – should have been three straight SEC series wins for them with two of them on the road. That's yeah.
0: tough. Yeah, that's not great.
1: And your path to the postseason becomes a lot tougher now at 6-12. and 12. I don't know off the top of my head who they have left, I guess. Oh, like,
0: um, I do. Uh, they have they they have the Tigers of LSU. Um they have the Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh oh. they go to Knoxville next weekend and then they uh they get AM.
1: To so, close the year. Uh yeah, I'm gonna say they don't make the NCA tournament.
0: All right. I'm gonna ask because let's just go there. Um they were abysmal right at the beginning of the year, one and one and five, and then when what, two two series in a row against an Alabama team. That's decent and a terrible Ole miss team lose this series to Auburn, is there a difference if you're talking about a coaching change in 10 and 20 and 5 and 25? You know what I mean? Like, you still miss the NCAA tournament. So I guess my question is they were ready to run dude off, and I'm not saying they should. I have no opinion on this. But they were ready to run the guy off, you know, at the beginning of the year. Um, Does him winning a couple of games but still missing the NCAA tournament matter from that perspective or not?
1: Man, I'd, I'd, that's a great question. I, I don't know the answer to it because, I mean, look, if they'd have somehow lost a series to Ole Miss, I mean, I, I don't want to play into the whole where all, all state cares about is Ole Miss type of thing. That's not really what I'm trying <laughs> to do with this. But that would have mattered a ton. Like, that would have that felt like the final nail in the coffin for him. He finds a way to win the series against what appears to be a, you know, pretty horrendous Ole Miss team. And then if you go 10 and 20, like, my guess is – is that's probably enough for him to do fire? You know, Foxhall. I I don't know. Do you, do you keep Gotro? Like I, I don't know. It just feels like staff turnover, and you get one more bite at the apple. But I can't say that with any certainty. Like, what do you think happens? My guess is is he's back next year, just a guess. But if, if they canned him, it would be unprecedented. But it also wouldn't be shocking. Mm,
0: yeah. No. I I don't know. I just. I wonder what you know. They were ready to fire him earlier in the year. I'm not. I'm not crazy about that, right? Like they, there were fans clamoring for an in-season move.
1: It became um, a real conversation that did not feel ridiculous.
0: Yeah. So like, what's what has changed? You know what I mean? Like, okay, like he won some games. He beat battle mess team, a decent Alabama team. Um, now they look. They've they've still got a chance to make the NCAA tournament without a doubt. But if they don't. Um, I guess the question is, is Is there a difference between 12 and 18 and 8 and 22? Like, obviously, it's four games, but at the end of the day, um, you know, you're probably still with Ole Miss watching the tournament come June.
1: Right. So that's going to be fascinating. Um, That felt like a real back-breaking series for the Bulldogs there. I think that covers everybody. In well, the- I just assumed
0: they won. I shouldn't have done that.
1: No, they uh they they lost. Uh, it was a disaster late for uh for the mighty Bulldogs. And now you've got to go to Knoxville next weekend. Who just swept Faint? Ooh. Yeah, that that's that 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 is brutal. Um, Oof. Hey, you got to play
0: Ole Miss Tuesday, and I know Ole Miss isn't good, but like you got to get back up for that.
1: Yeah, no, and uh, if the game happens, hopefully they got the field situation under control. <laughs> <laughs> we. Uh, uh, we shall see. Um. All right, that's everything I got for you, dude. I, I I reckon we might holler at you next Sunday. We'll kind of play off this by ear the Rebels continue to drop. But I appreciate the time as always, my man. We'll holler at you next week. All right, buddy. Sounds good. All right, that's going to do it for our show today. Thanks for listening as always. Got some great stuff for you down the pipe, some NFL draft stuff, some other uh, content down the road. Looking forward to a couple interviews this week. So we'll have you covered, even though baseball season's kind of a bummer, I promise. Uh, thank you for listening to the show as always, and we'll catch you again here in a couple of days.